1: podcast at that time of the year from things are quiet on the stages so we thought we'd catch up with some of the guys from the wrc uh, we had the pleasure of speaking to Aaron johnson there just you know one of the top co-drivers in the world you know we can't underestimate this and then also the jwrc guys in as well you know we spoke to our world champions wall and liam and then also connor and uh eamon as well and then uh, seb scott then who was joining them as well he was at this stage, M sport coordinators. So we had a couple of evenings, Connor, of brilliant crack and great chats. Oh,
2: look, you know, this was recorded in the run up to Christmas. Everybody, you know, mentally busy, loads to do. So we really appreciate the fact they took time out to sit down and chat to us and whilst You know what you're about to hear is is only part of the conversation we had to edit loads um but you know we really did have the crack with the guys yeah
1: like you know oh there were some strange rabbit holes especially them jwrc's guys seb scott um you're a legend you're a a strange man but you're a great crack and you know thank you very much for taking the time along with all the rest and going on that was it was some crack like those guys they rally hard but they you know they obviously
2: enjoy the crack as well. Oh, look, they they've built up a, a great relationship. Seb's known William and Liam for the last three years. So Seb, you know, in, in his previous role as coordinator with um the JWRC, and I want to wish Seb all the best as he's just recently moved from M Sport to Hyundai, um, to to what do you call it, oversee the social media there. But you know, he's known Will and Liam for the last three years. He's known Eamon and Connor now for the last year. Yeah, just the the relationship and the bond and the crack that that seems to have gone on, you know, when they've all been on tour, it it was brilliant just to catch up with them and and be part of that for for an hour or two. That's for sure, that's
1: for sure. And we touch on it as well. The way these guys have developed, you know, we spoke last week about, you know, that Wall has become an ambassador. That Connor and Eamon, you know, Connor especially, Connor, the first time we had him on the podcast was as quiet as a mouse. Now he's there, you know, and he has his thing to say, and he's not afraid to say it there.
2: No, well, that's it. Like every event is experience, you know. Every event they're getting challenged, and in every event they have to do the media and 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 speak to the press and do the pieces for the, all the PR stuff. So you know they're gaining experience not just on the stages, but they're you know that that piece of going out and meeting and talking and representing the sport that they you know they're all fully involved in it and they can't escape it.
1: Yeah, and <laughs> we said it before and we'll say it again. no I MI Rally Academy, what it is, give these young guys as well too. Like, yes, you know, let's give them up. The, the opportunity on the stages, but it has polished them as as human beings as well.
2: Well, that's it. You know, when they're not competing, you know, the weekly meetings with with as part of the academy, they've got training days and, and all the rest of it and development days and, uh, you know, they're kept busy constantly. You know, when they're not competing, they, they have a lot of work to do. And we can see it paying off.
1: That's for sure. That. And, you know, talking about people being busy, Aaron Johnson, you know, this guy you know, one of only a handful of co-drivers cool in the world who is at the top line at the absolute pinnacle of the sport, the Rally 1 car, and, you know, and the world champion, sh- the world champion sh- winning team, like Toyota. Like, for Aaron to give his time to come on and chat to us it blows my mind, and he's so given of his time as well.
2: Listen, we're hugely appreciative of him. He's, you know, kept us up to date throughout the year. He literally had just arrived home, having been, you know, flown back from Finland where they've been testing. Um, and, uh, you know, it's just amazing the insight he's given us and the time he's taken to to give us that insight on what's going on in his career and, you know, what's happening with the team and his relationship with Taka as well and how they're developing.
1: That's for sure. Like You know, like we said it before, but again, we'll say it again too. Like the you know Japan, it was like amazing the run they had. Nine fastest times over the course of the weekend. It's the like, it's the story of what could have been, but even the story that they they made it, uh, that has to give them great confidence going into twenty twenty four.
2: Absolutely, look, they had a fantastic rally after after stage two. Stage two caught them out, but they got away with it. You know, had had that not happened, potentially could have been fighting for, you know, the lead or second or third there in the, in the podium. Definitely. Um, phenomenal result in really tricky weather conditions in tight, tight stages where there's no margin for error or no room for error in those roads in Japan. And again, with the pressure of home event for Taka, and in front of the CEO of Toyota, you know the the, the they're basically their boss, you know, effectively. So like that, that's a lot of pressure was on the two guys, and they delivered
1: for sure. And the you know you look at the second half of the season this year, and the Tiger has really come up to the top table. You know, from I think the Safari onwards, like this guy deserves his place at the very top table now. And fingers crossed, 2024 will see him finally claiming that, you know, the ultimate goal of a one and maybe challenging a wee bit closer to the top of the championship standings as well.
2: Absolutely. As you say, look, they had a stronger second half. They were point scoring for the team. They contributed to Toyota winning the manufacturer's title. You know, they, they did deliver this year. And again, looking forward to, to being stuck in the middle of that fight again next year. Aaron, thanks for joining us. Um, It's in the run up to Christmas and thought it'd be a great opportunity to catch up with you. Now you're back home again. Just, you know, I suppose basically, how has your year been?
3: Yeah, Connor. first of all, thanks for having me back on the podcast. Uh, it's great to get another catch up with you this year. Uh, our year, I think, has been pretty good. Uh, it started off a little bit rocky, I would say, with uh, the accident in Sweden and, and Mexico. But since sort of halfway through the year, Estonia-Finland time uh, until the end of the season, of course, uh, in Japan, I think the second half has been really good for us. And, and we have been competitive on almost every event and, uh, and winning stages and, and fighting for good results. So overall, I would say it's been, it's been a decent year and, and one that we can definitely build on uh, heading into twenty four.
2: Yeah, I suppose to use a, a football saying, you know, it it, it has been a, a game of two halves for you. You know, really, you know, wasn't didn't just quite go your way up until really I suppose Kenya it, it all started to to fall into place again for yourself and Taka.
3: Yeah, listen, you know, that's rallying sometimes, like we love to say over here. And uh, we had high hopes uh, going into twenty three off the back of probably our best season, uh for both of us separately in, in 22 and we had some some high aspirations and and goals and uh, yeah at the, at the beginning of the year it, it didn't just fall our way and we were unlucky in a lot of places as well uh, but you have to make your own luck and and uh, I think we were able to turn it around then like you say from uh, from Kenya on and overall I think we can be pretty happy with what we achieved this year and uh like I say, we we again will go into 24 uh, with high hopes.
2: And this year, yourself and Tucker were scoring points for the manufacturer uh, on the rounds that Sebastian Ogier wasn't competing in. Did do you feel any extra pressure with that or, you know, kind of it was expected, you know, that's where you'd be,
3: so it didn't really impact? Ah yes, there's always pressure, I would say, and uh, of course when we were upgraded to the the A team, let's say to to score the manufacturers points for half the season, it was very important then to to bring the points home and and help the tally for the the manufacturers championship. But of course, uh, Sweden, we were fighting for the the victory up until the accident on on Friday afternoon and. Uh, this was one of the events, obviously, that we were nominated to score points on. So that was a bit disappointing. But then going to, you know, Finland, of course, where we scored the the podium this year. And uh, we had a double podium with Elvin, obviously, winning the rally. It, it was nice to bring home a good, strong, solid uh, points finish there, especially when Cali uh, had to retire for good on, on the Saturday. So, yeah, listen, it doesn't really change the way that you... Tack the events Uh, you know as competitors we want to do the best job that we can every time we get into the car and uh, that's that's our main focus and it was just in the back of our minds yes that it was important to to finish and and score the points but I would say it did not really change our approach to how we tackled the rallies uh, in any great way.
2: And would you say Finland was the, the highlight of the year, the podium on, on the rally everybody wants
3: to do well in, if not win? Yeah, I think Finland is the home of rallying, as they always say, and and to score a podium here uh, was very special, especially when we had uh, Aikiyo-san over from Japan uh, with us that weekend as well. So I think... Uh, you know, when I was growing up and, and watching rallying and, and falling in love with the sport, it was always the big jumps and, and the air that the cars were getting in Finland. And to say that we have now achieved uh, a podium there as well, it's uh, it's something I will never forget. Uh, hopefully next year we can do the same, if not uh, maybe one or two steps higher.
2: Yeah, and, and I'm sure, you know, extra special for Taka as well. Japanese team, Japanese driver, but... The, the, the team's based in Finland and Tak has been living in Finland for a few years as well.
3: Yeah, the finish of the rally is less than 10 kilometres away from, from the factory in Juska. So, yeah, of course, we have a lot of Finnish people in the team and uh, we wanted to do well on, let's say, the second home event for them. And it's it's important to to do that when there is so many people working from the factory that maybe don't always get to travel to the events. So, to bring home uh, a double podium uh, when everybody is there in New it's it's important for for the team and and for us as competitors. It's it's a nice way to repay all the work that the the guys and girls in in the factory uh, do for us. And I can only imagine too. The Safari
2: Rally must have been a special moment, like a one, two, three, four finish for the team. Like that, that's quite incredible.
3: Yeah. Okay. It's the second year we've done the one, two, three, four now, and uh, I think it's. Massive credit, like I say, to everyone working from the factories and, and on-site to go to the most challenging and demanding event on the calendar two years in a row and bring all four cars home, uh, one, two, three, four. So it's it's an event I enjoy. It's, it's a massive challenge from start to finish and you never really know uh, what you have in store. but it's it's an adventure more so than a rally and uh, i think the style and and the nature obviously that we are driving through makes it uh, a once-in-a-lifetime experience and uh, it's an event that i always like to go to every year
2: and how do you balance it in the car that in the sense that balance between the, the safaris, a, a car breaker it's a tough event between rough roads Tough conditions, you had heavy rains this year, and then you have the water splashes, which we know can take cars out. So, how do you get that balance between you know car empathy
3: and you know being on the limit? I would say that the car empathy now has maybe taken a back step, and uh, for sure, there is places that you you have to take care over bedrock and and big holes, and of course, the water splashes. but to be honest it's it's pretty much business as usual it's it's a proper race you're fighting at the end of a 20 kilometer stage for a handful of seconds so it's not like the classic like we have just watched uh, over the last two weeks with with the guys from home competing there it's it's still an all-out race and uh, yeah y- you have to be smart you have to use your head and you have to look after the car but if you're just going with this approach then the times aren't there so it's it's finding that balance and I would say to be honest it's it's probably more so race pace than than being empathetic and uh, mechanically sympathetic so you can be unlucky you can be on you can be lucky also in in some scenarios but our guys and girls built a strong car, and and they allow us to to push to the limits, even with the challenges that the safari represents. And, um,
2: what do you call it? Central European was a a new event to the championship this year. Um, you know, three different countries, and um, three variations of asphalt. Getting your car set up, you had long days as well, a lot of road sections. How did you find it? And then you know, weather wise, it was tricky as well.
3: It's always nice to go to a new rally. Um, Of course, you have the classics like we spoke Finland or Portugal that are used almost every year. But when you go to a new event, it presents new challenges and everybody's starting from an even playing field. So it was an event I enjoyed. Like you say, the weather probably didn't help it. And uh, there was a lot of cuts and, and pollution on the road. So it was a massive challenge especially when you were going with totally brand new notes and uh, you weren't you know sure how far you could go into these cuts and if there was anything hidden but uh, yeah for us i think the event went pretty okay um it was it was nice to do a tarmac rally again after was it nine gravel events in a row so uh, obviously coming from ireland it's it's nice to do a proper sealed surface event and uh, It would have just been nice if the weather was a little bit more kinder to us. But hopefully next year uh, we won't have uh, the demanding conditions like we did this year.
2: And for an event like that, that's new, you know, as you said, you you know, previous notes, obviously there's no onboards for you to go and study either. What extra preparation has to go into getting yourselves ready for an event
3: like that? Yeah, it's, it's clear now with the tools that we have, like the All Live and, and the WRC Plus, you can really study the onboards and uh, find out tricky places or you know moments that guys have had in the past. But for Central Europe, we didn't have this. We only had the, the organizer videos that they are recording at maybe 40, 50 kilometers an hour. So it's something that you spend maybe more time on with them and in, in st- with the lack of uh, actual rally onboards and uh, you know it's it's good to have an idea of the general characteristics uh, of the roads before you go so you're not going in completely blind and of course some of the roads had been used uh, on national events before and with YouTube we were able to you know find a few sections that uh, give you an idea but of course not at the the speeds we would be going but you have to make uh, a bit more of an effort to find the information that's available uh, for new events and, and put in the effort to to study and to try to find a small advantage before you arrive on site uh, to do the recce.
2: And then season wrapped up in Japan, you know, Takas home event. Um, lots of excitement, lots of pressure as well, I'm sure, on, on the two of you to get a good result and got off to an unlucky start or maybe a lucky escape on on stage two
3: yeah Japan was a case of what might have been Um, okay to be honest I haven't really thought too much about that uh, because I still think overall we had a very strong weekend with was it nine stage wins and yeah stage two we were caught out on, on a shiny breaking into a medium speed right and the car locked up and we, uh, we hit the tree on the outside. And like you say, maybe we were lucky, maybe we were unlucky, but at least we didn't end up in the river like, uh, Danny and, and Adrian. But yeah, up, up until this point, we were 13 seconds quicker than anybody else at the first split. So we, we wanted to go for it. It's, it's Tagus home event. It was the last round of the season. Uh, all the titles for Toyota had already been sewn up. So it was sort of a pressure-free weekend to, to just drive the cars and, and enjoy the stages in Japan. That was the goal. And the goal was to try and be as competitive as we could. And we realized, you know, very quickly that the conditions on Friday morning were going to be incredibly difficult and uh, a massive challenge. But we accepted that... Uh, you know we have to try to make a difference uh, from the beginning because if you lose a lot of time you know early in the rally uh like it was on friday morning it's very hard to pull back and uh, this time the roll of the dice let's say didn't fully work out for us but i think we can be happy and, and proud of what we did that weekend on uh, on again a very tricky rally with uh, very changeable conditions and some of the most technical and and twisty roads in the championship. And, you know, from, from your role in the car, you know,
2: after an incident like that, is there a, you know, how, I suppose, how do you get Taka settled? How, you know, is it a d- case of distraction or just a case of calming or coaching? You know, how do you get them back that, you know, obviously you get ruffled by having an incident and you had to limp through as well then with the, the, the damaged radiator until service? So I suppose, how do you keep things calm in the car?
3: Okay, well, let's say immediately after, after we touched the tree, the only thing that's going through your mind is uh, getting the car fired back up again, turning around because we were facing the wrong way down the stage and and trying to minimise the, the time loss that we had already sustained. Uh, thankfully, the radiator didn't uh, bust completely. Um, it was more of a, a slower leak, so we were able to continue for maybe 10 kilometers uh before we had to switch to the ev and and finish the stage like this and uh the most important thing for for Taka anyway was to keep obviously the concentration up and and drive the car and, and listen to the notes because i can monitor everything else with the temperatures and uh, and the situation with the car from my co-driver display so he can just concentrate on the driving and I can keep them informed on on the situation with the car as and when we get the alarm but uh, yeah thankfully like i say the radiator wasn't totally destroyed and and we were able to repair then on the road section uh, to the following stage and again minimize the time loss there and the fourth stage of the loop then was cancelled and and we were able to get back to service and and the guys gave us a brand new car then to go out on The second loop of Friday, which we set uh, fastest times in all three stages. So uh, it's just putting something like that when it happens to the back of your mind and and concentrating on the job that is in front of you and and how to maximize, uh, or should I say, minimize uh, the damage that has been done. But for us, uh, of course, we were disappointed, but uh, we kept fighting right up until the very end. And I think. To come home in fifth place, uh, not so far away behind EP and and fourth. After all the dramas that we had, uh, we have to be pleased with. And it must be fantastic
2: for yourself, you, you know, to finish the year in Japan. You know, the home event for for the for the Toyota itself. You've clinched the manufacturer's title, which you've contributed to, and you've also, as a team, clinched the drivers' title. So it must be
3: great to then celebrate
2: with the head
3: office, basically. Yeah, of course, you know, we work very hard throughout the year and uh, there is a sense of relief, let's say, when you get to the finish of the season, uh, having won all all the titles, especially for us this year when we were contributing to the Manufacturers Championship and everybody in the team shares the same goal and, and the same dreams and, and that is to be the best and uh now, Toyota have achieved that again uh, for, is it the third or fourth year in a row? So we will keep fighting and and try to, to bring it home again in 24.
2: And Aaron, you obviously spend an awful lot of time away from home between pre-event testing and actually getting in, you know, doing your notes, etc. And then competing in actual rallies. But you find a bit of time during the year to... Give something back. You were there at the bushwhacker doing start control and marshaling. You know, is it is it nice to to give something back when you have the opportunity?
3: Yeah, it's very important. Look, I have taken an awful lot out of this sport, and uh, yeah, I don't be at home so much. But the bushwhacker and even five mile town that OMA motor club run. Uh, if I am here, I do try my best to to help out and and give something back, even though it's. A very small, uh, a small thing and sacrifice to make to to give a few days of your time back to your local motor club. But there's a lot of guys uh, in the motor club that have supported me from the from the very start of this journey, and uh, I hope in the years to come that I can get even more involved when when I'm not as busy traveling and, and competing in the WRC. So I think uh, for every competitor, you know, we share the same. Uh, Opinion that without the marshals and the timekeepers and and all the volunteers, what we do just wouldn't be possible. And if I would advise, I would try to you know persuade people that if the, your car is not ready or you can't make it to an event, to to give up a couple of days a year and and give back to the local clubs uh, to help them out and and marshal. And like I say, it, I don't do enough, but uh, I would like hopefully in the future to to be able to help out even more
2: yeah uh, no absolutely listen without volunteers there'd be no events you know so it is crucial and you know what am i mean, right this is what your fifth year in the wrc like are you still learning uh, you know as an experienced co-driver are you still picking up you know bits and pieces or hints and tips as you go along on each event
3: yeah every day is a school day i think uh Okay, yes, I've been in the WRC now for for five years and for sure what I have learned uh, over them five years has been, you know, incredible, but still there is little things and tips and tricks that you can pick up along the way and uh, there's no doubt about it that I still have a lot to learn and and a lot more experiences to to gain, but I feel at the moment that, uh, you know, we are competing really well together myself and Taka and the relationship is really strong and and with everyone in the team we work so well together and it's not just an individual sport it's driver co-driver but you have your engineer your mechanic all of the all of the team behind you in the service park and in the factories all over the world so for me it's a fantastic uh, journey that we're on and I'm really enjoying it with with all the team members, and uh, we all learn from each other and we all strive to improve and uh, and to be the best.
2: And looking forward to next year, it's just been announced there's a, a change in the point system for WRC. Um, I, I suppose we could see on a Sunday. For the last couple of years, you know, a bit of tire saving going on and people focus more on the on the par stage points than the, the three stages, you know, in the morning before it. Um, will you see there'll be a, a new approach now, maybe? Will it be a bit more competitive on a Sunday over the full morning loop rather than just the par stage?
3: Yeah, I think what they have done uh, has maybe taken away some of the options or some of the things that we were doing on a Sunday. If you were in a comfortable position to to save the tires uh, and give an all-out push on on the power stage, but now obviously with points being available for the first loop on on Sunday as well, it will be important for uh, for everyone to try and and gain as many points as possible for the championship fight. So, I think for sure it will it will change the attitude of us going into a Sunday and. Uh, I think the overall goal to to stop us Sunday driving has probably been achieved and it should make it more exciting for, for the fans and, and the spectators at the stages to, to watch also.
2: And then I suppose just to, to finish up, I suppose your own plans for next year, any change in the approach? You know, Cali's on a part-time drive now as well as Sebastian.
3: The approach is always the same to get from point A to B as as fast as possible so that's the goal and that's what we will be we fighting for and uh, I think next year we are, we're going into now what our third full season together plus a couple of rallies that we did in in 21 so for me you know we know each other really well now and I am enjoying Working and, and competing with TACA, you know, we will be pushing and, and working as hard as we can to to achieve their best results possible in, uh, in 24. So we have to wait and see and uh, we'll be giving it our everything. And uh, hopefully we can uh, we can make uh, a couple of good uh, results throughout the year and again contribute to, to the manufacturer's title. And are we any closer to getting TACA over for Donegal? <laughs> uh well kenya now has changed its slot because kenya was always the same weekend as gonna uh i haven't checked if if anything else clashes but never say never never say never
2: aaron um just a huge thanks on behalf of the podcast it's been great you've kept us up to date throughout the year and you know it, it gives a fantastic insight and a perspective you know from what a professional co-driver does and, and what a professional WRC team does. So we really do appreciate you coming on to, to give us these updates.
3: No, you're very welcome, Connor, And and thanks for asking me on again. I would just also like to say a special thanks to to everyone from home that has always supported me from, from grassroots now up until the top in the WRC. And it wouldn't be possible without all of you and especially my sponsors in uh, Marty McKenna at CNM. Darren and Robert McKelvey from McKelvey Construction, Paul Hughes at PH Shot Blast and and Brian McKenna at ECD. So thanks to all of them and and their continued support and all the fans and all my friends and family from from home as well for making it all possible. And uh, hopefully it continues for a few more years anyway. So again,
2: huge thank you to Aaron. Really appreciate that. And looking forward to catching up with you again in the new year. And from Aaron, sticking with WRC, let's hear from Eamon, Connor, William, Liam, and Seb. William, Liam, just back from hobnobbing in Baku with all of the elite in motorsport. And you are still happy enough to talk to this rabble?
0: <laughs> always, uh, Connor, always. Yeah.
2: yeah no, listen. Uh,
4: good group of people, Miss.
2: Marcy, congratulations. Uh fantastic year for you both. And uh must have been, you know, an absolute highlight to actually go to Baku to pick up your awards.
0: Yeah, look, it was, uh, it was a cool trip. Um, you know, you don't really think of thing, you know, these trips and what comes out of winning the championship. Whenever we're competing, you know, it's not, it's not about that. But then, all the things that that follow on are are pretty special. So yeah, it was it was a big trip. We were away for four days. I think two of those days were in an airplane. So it was a long long trip to go, but. uh you know all the you know the big guys there and and circuit racing and then of course rallying as well so yeah it was it was cool to be a part of that and and, and mix with those sort of people
1: and liam even like from your point of view like take you know be standing and sharing the same room as the next of for Stattman and these guys like you know we've talked about pinch yourselves moments before on the podcast that must be one of those moments
4: yeah but I was happier to be in the same room as Hamilton rather than Verstappen, to be honest. But uh, maybe a bit past on that front. But yeah, joking aside, like to to be in that room, you know, um, all the wet guys were there, F one, WRC, and there's so many people in the room that are operating at a really high level. Uh, and you know, for us to be in amongst them and and discussing things with them and and meeting different people, the, the tables were kind of mixed up, so you weren't always with you know you weren't with the same you know the people you travel with. Um, so it was really good. And um, as William said, you know, you, whenever you're trying to win these championships, you don't really think about an award ceremony at the end. But yeah, it was great. And uh, Aidan Harbour from Motorsport Ireland was out with us and a few other representatives from MI. So it was good to sort of discuss things with them. And yeah, it was a really good time.
1: And like, you have a bit of history with Hamilton as well too. You, 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 oh, did I... you compete against him in the curtain as well?
4: No, he was a wee bit older than me. Um, I'll get a bit of slagging about this because I would mention it the odd time. like. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> Lewis is actually two years older than me, but my brother was his mechanic. So whenever he raced over here, he stayed with us basically. Um, But I normally mention that about once a week to the DGM boys and uh, they can remind me of that as well. So (laughs) a bit of history. That's why I don't recognise Max.
2: (laughs) (laughs) And Seb, you've spent the last year working with Connor and Liam and William and Eamon. Which one's your (laughs) favourite? Niall. Niall's my (laughs) favourite.
5: Um,
4: uh, Lee, Liam's my favorite. mainly Liam have a special relationship, don't we, Liam? I was gonna say it runs deep, but like, there's probably a better way to phrase that. But um, <laughs> runs deep's fine. I'll go with that. Uh, I'm sure you would. But um, no, it's uh Like, Seb's been great. I mean, I suppose I have to say a few nice things about him at the start before we tell the truth. But uh now, Seb definitely brings something to the championship for the juniors and Adam as well. So. We've had three great years, a lot of laughs, you know, from, from the get-go, We has had a good bit of crack. So, for an English man, he actually fits in quite well, there' boys.
2: And Seb, looking back at the year, you know, what would you say would be the highlights for the lads? You know, what, what stands out in from your perspective?
4: <laughs> Jesus.
5: Uh, for me, I think for everyone on here, I think the f- single thing that stands out is actually aiming winning in Croatia, given... Everything, uh, I just thought that was like, yeah, just say like having someone Irish, Irish winning that weekend just had to happen, and um, William obviously made sure he, he he was out the picture fairly soon, but Eamon was there to to you know pick it up and did it, and it was just um, it was a hard weekend for everyone. I just think it, it was actually a nice completing moment for the weekend.
2: Connor and Eamon, like you know, I suppose what is is the recollection? I, I suppose that is probably your own highlights for for the year.
6: Ah, yeah, that stood above the rest. Now, to be fair, um, all things considered, it was one of them kind of pinch me moments. But for everybody, as Seb said, like under the circumstances, having someone Irish win and in the manner that it happened, considering it was so unlikely that you nearly would have needed some sort of miracle look uh that you know if you're someone who believes in that kind of stuff that it would be from someone above so that was why it was so uh so special but look all in all the whole experience of racing in the wrc was was unbelievable um so many different moments but you know when things like that happen it's just pure class it's it's boyhood dream stuff and um when you're in an environment like that you know it uh it's got the potential to happen at any time, so yeah, it's uh, it's pretty mad, and we're looking forward to going back next year to try and create some more memories. And and Connor, you know, there was only your
2: second round of the JWRC. Like, what? How long did it take to sink in that
7: you know you'd you'd clinched the win in Croatia? Yeah, we actually we couldn't believe it. Um, before we even even into the power stairs, like we had like a I don't know William and Liam there. We were all sitting together, it was like like an hour wait, and we just. There was a lot of things going through our heads. All we wanted to do was just get through that last stage. But the last stage was fairly. There was a lot in it, like, and it was a tricky stage where you could get caught out in plenty of places. But no, it was a. Uh, thankfully, it, uh, when we crossed the line, there it was a. It was a big relief, but yeah, it was it was no matter great feeling, like.
6: Yeah, you knew when you seen Willie Mavitti about <laughs> two hundred yards before the stop car with his hands in the air. You knew everything was good and it had gone the plan. So. That's a memory that will stick with me forever with his Stevie Wonder shades on.
0: I'm surprised you didn't try and run the last couple of hundred metres of the stage with
6: you. I jump on the bonnet,
2: yeah. And what do you call it? William and Liam, I suppose you had your own issues and just looking back to Sweden and any word on a patent jet for self-closing bonapins?
0: Sweden <laughs> <laughs> was probably the worst anti-eds <clears throat> rally, uh all wrapped into one. Um yeah, it was um it happened and and you know, put ourselves in the back foot. And uh I suppose the frustrating thing about it was that after uh, it had happened, we went in then to the next stage and I was just trying too hard, and I then spun in that stage, so I made the job even more difficult for myself. I think we dropped another ten seconds or so. Um But yeah, to to come from behind then on Sunday, win the rally by such a small margin, and you know, I think the fact that we were able to do that, it, you know, it showed a lot of strength, and I think proved to myself anyway, you know, that the pace that I could drive at, if it was pushed to it, and you know, then events going on like Estonia, where we had to drive for stage one points, you know. It, it, you know, you don't learn those things or progress if you're not put in a position like that. So, okay, maybe rather would not have been in that position, but, um, you know, it taught me a lot at the same time.
2: Liam, is there extra pressure, you know, with the stage win points and, and it's vital to get them, you know, does that
4: increase the tension in the car? I wouldn't say it increases the tension, but it, it fairly focuses the mind. You know, early on in the year, you don't, as the second half, of, we're always aware, like, I mean, from stage one in Sweden, the super special, we got the fastest time in stage one. So when you right away, like, these are very important. Um, like, as, as William mentioned there, Sweden happened, and it's just about how you deal with these things. There, there's always going to be something, like even for Eamon and Connor next year, there will be things that are thrown at you that you just have to react to. And, and having the stage win point system, you know, it, it can really pull you out of a hole. It, it really pulled us out a couple of times. You know, as William said... We didn't really want to have to rely on it, but, you know, in the end, we needed to. So, yeah, I wouldn't say it increases the tension, but the, the championship is so well-structured um, that you you can't really forget about it. You have to keep it in mind from the get-go. Right? And
2: uh, I suppose to pull the win out of the bag in Sweden, you know, like, it really
4: was a heck of a comeback. Yeah. <clears throat> Ach, it was a comeback, yeah. I mean, <clears throat> we can joke about it now, but from, from that happening, we never really spoke until the end of the rally it's not that we fell out we just didn't really discuss it we just when knew we had to go over the notes that night we knew you had to be on it every every corner like the Sunday morning stage it had to be perfect I can't remember what we took out of Laurent but it was significant enough and actually we came to the end of that stage and there was a delay at the stop car which is quite strange and I got my phone out and Marcus from DGM who looks after us you know he actually texted in our group chat well, I can't really repeat it, but we knew it was a good time. Put it like that. So, um, yeah, like the way it unfolded was was uh, it's a bit of a story, but you know, probably wouldn't want to do it again. Like we're gonna to have to bring in some system about double checking these pins. But um, no, like it was it was a good way to start. But in fairness to Laurent, I mean, he hadn't really driven that car so much. I don't think he would driven it on snow, so he picked up the pace very quickly, you know, so you gotta give a lot of credit to him. And and throughout the whole year he really did push us like him and Diego and, and Eamon and Connor too. And
2: Seb, what's your recollections from Sweden? Well there's something
5: Liam's not mentioned or will. <laughs> uh, when they rolled up to the stop line, uh they were under the impression they they hadn't done it because there was a well they've sort of touched on a bit of a miscommunication because for some reason, a stop line marshal, I don't think anyone actually knows about this properly until now. Um, for some reason, a stop line marshal told Lauren he'd won, and Lauren was jumping up and down and dancing away. And then me and Adam have got the onboard where, like, you can just see the disappointment because normally people are related, and these two were just looking straight on, and then it was just like. I mean, Lauren winning, having zero Ks in that car beforehand, or on snow and ice, but then also like a bonnet pin, basically losing you the rally. It was it was a lot to like you 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 were happy and disappointed at the same time, anyway. And then when it was just like, oh no, actually, Will's won. It was like, fuck, that's a comeback. But again, like just how tight it was, and I think all year the biggest shame of the year, in a way, is. I don't think Will and Lauren have had a clean fight on a single rally, really, did you? I'm I don't, I don't know if I'm wrong there, but like
0: I would say Croatia until Yeah, exactly. And
5: and th- this was it. There was like that's the one thing I'd have loved to have seen this year, which we got to see in Sweden, to be fair. Uh was like just a ding dong battle between those two because it was it was good, it was entertaining.
1: Yeah, when Sorry, and like say, like just like on your own point of view, like you've seen Will and Liam develop now. This is their third year doing the JWRC. You've almost seen them growing up, coming up through. It. Like, oh, God, have yeah. you seen that like a, a more focused approach, or maybe not focused? Not the right word. A more steady title bid this year.
5: Confidence is the biggest one, uh, with both. Um, like me and Adam are actually looking through old content of Will and Liam. Will looks like a child still does now but he looks like a, a prepubescent child the first <laughs> juniors and uh, i remember like he, w- he wasn't shy but he was like you could tell that he, he didn't didn't know when to speak and when not to speak and now like well he speaks whenever to be honest you can't shut him up <laughs> but it, it, the confidence growing that's that's with anyone really that when you see them stick around in juniors for over two years, whether they do three or four. It's great seeing that maturity and confidence come through. And like they, they go from being the new kids on the block to they are, they are literally the ones that everyone's aiming to beat. And uh, there's not many people that you get to see that progression with, whereas with Will and Lee, and then as well from, because there was a bit in and out of BRC in uh, 2020 and 19 as well. So seeing um, sorry Liam I don't really remember seeing you watching
4: BLC. I do apologise I, I, I was too busy working Seb that's probably why you didn't see me okay.
5: and um, then but like you know what I mean so it's been like by no means saying I've followed Will since he began but I saw Will from a national level and then actually progress all the way up and uh, we'll be watching next year and hoping he does a good job maybe not too good job though now actually <laughs>
2: And Eamon and Connor, what's what's it like trying to fit in? Like it's a small group in the JWRC and and you know, we we've seen on TV the various team bond and exercises from cooking pizzas to whatever. So, you know, how easy is it to fit in what's a camaraderie like?
6: Oh, it's pretty easy to be fair. You know, it's a small group, but everyone is uh, everyone's a hundred percent, you know, everyone's pretty genuine and not, that's yeah. just competitors, then you've obviously got the likes of Seb and Adam and all the background team, everyone, um everyone is there to help you, and they're they're hundred percent. So it's really good fun outside of the car. As I said, everybody gets on. There's no not no drama. Well, not too much drama anyway. Um, and yeah, it's obviously extra nice then what we had this year, having the Irish boys there, Will and Liam. Um, we had such great crack along the way, and it's just a bit of extra familiar, familiarity, and you always get Irish heads popping in and out of the JWRC tent. Um, which is nice, so you never feel too far from home. But uh, yeah, um, when you're stepping into it for the first time, you think it's going to be this big, crazy circus, which it is. But when you settle down into it, it's uh, it's very, very relaxing, very, very enjoyable, and you meet some some great people.
2: Connor, did it live up to expectation? Was there any surprises in in you know competing in JWRC? Was it what you expected?
7: Oh yeah, well it was. There was plenty of surprises. You're always gonna get that when you go to like a, a new a new country and there's a lot of new things for me this year. But no, especially whenever a lot of the Irish people, nearly every rally there was there was somebody that you were gonna know Irish supporters or that, but especially having William and Liam there, like the whole the whole year there was we had plenty of plenty of crack at each rally and we were always they were always watching out for us and we were always keeping watching out for them too. And it's good like it's good when you have Better Irish ones there along with you, and you can tag along. Um, yeah, because like I suppose like,
1: you know, it's, it's even to have like the different languages and things, you know, if the rule books and different languages, you know, like that, you have somebody that you can go and talk to. You, you don't feel awkward then.
7: Oh, literally, like you can just either me or Liam, or if we had any questions at all, we'd either ask each other, and if we, none of us knew them, we just go on ahead and ask somebody else. They're always very willing to help now. To be fair in them sport, then they're. They'll always be looking out for you.
2: And well, looking at the the idea, the concept behind this the stage wins, the points for the stage wins, like are you do you beforehand are you selecting which stages you're gonna go for? Or is it just you just give it your all for you know on every stage in the hope of winning, or do you actually have you know a plan where you know or you feel confident that certain stages would go your way? I
0: think you could, you know, you could plan out what a perfect rally might look like and then the stages in that where you'd want to go for the stage win but i mean out of the five rallies it never it never goes perfect and it never goes the way you'd like it to go but so it's you know it's always a change in plan so i guess it's just you know it depends on the on the context and the circumstances that that you're in and the overall championship position and all that sort of thing but um i think you try to at least from the recce try to highlight the stages that you know you would feel comfortable on if you have to go for a push or if you have to go for the stage win so yeah it's i mean you know every driver will will feel it and i think they can you know they'll know straight away from wrecking a stage whether that's one that they like or um or not so um yeah i think in greece that was probably more difficult you know trying to pick out stages there that if you knew you needed to go for a stage win point I mean, all of them have rough sections, so it's hard to pick one that um, you know, is smooth. So it's just really trying to limit the risk. Um, especially whenever there's a championship on the line, it's quite difficult.
2: And Liam, will you mention Greece there? Like, you know, last round of the championship, double points on offer. Torrential rain prior to the event. Didn't even know what stages were going to be possible. You know, a few days before the event, like.
4: How much added pressure was there for for Greece? Just before we get on that, I'm glad that the electric bill has been paid at Crichton's affinity There, so just, <laughs> the, I'm glad the WRC budget didn't ruin the electricity supply. But um, no, honestly, Greece was a, it was a. I just say that was really weird. Eamon and Will just drank water at the exact same time. <laughs> Sink. So we didn't even know what stage was going to run. We didn't know what stage we were going to get to reggae. Some of the stages you thought, I don't know how I'm going to, you know, William and I would nearly get stuck. I think Eamon and Connor had to pull something out of the head. So the whole build-up, the, the actual rally in Greece was a nightmare. William's family had trouble getting in and that sort of creates a distraction. And, you know, so leading up to the rally, uh, we were sitting, I was actually looking at the sporting regs going under, if, the, if they reduce the stage miles, how it would affect the points and all that. So, it was very complicated before the rally started, and then you had to go back down to Athens. was super special. So, honestly, if it was the it was a cocktail of of complications before the thing started.
2: And Seb, you know, you, you you watched Will and and Liam for the last three years, and then Connor and Eamon this year. What do you think is the biggest challenge for anybody coming into the JWRC?
6: Whoa.
5: <laughs> this is going to sound weird but being consistently fast it's like you can be fast on one stage lots of people can put effort into one stage but it's it's
4: the people anyway, that... what, so I a couple of weeks out in Germany you now you're on like a team manager ruler. That's, you're bang on also, there. You
5: know, they're, they're <laughs> drilling efficiency into
4: me that's a real, that's a real scientific <laughs> answer you know on. what you can be
5: consistently fast over here because there's no speed limits on the motorways like being consistently fast it sounds a lot Easy. I think Will and Connor, uh, Will and Eamon can explain it better, but like getting a stage win, like you can push on one stage, but the level is just so high that you've got to be able to deliver on every stage. And um, Will and Eamon now know your first season, like you, you're going to think you're going to be able to put some fast times in. They'll do all the prep to nail one stage, they get in, and then it's just like, fuck, we've still missed out like that level just seems to always be escalating and being escapable, And um, yeah, that's, that's the biggest challenge. Like I think at that level, you've, you've got to have all the, the basics dialed. You've got to have a co-driver that is a hundred percent switched on that just knows the regs inside and out. For example, like Greece with all the cancellations or postponements with recce and stuff. Like if you don't know your recce schedule inside out, and then things start getting cancelled, then you're going to be, like, literally juggling, not know what's going on. Driver's not going to be enjoying a nervous co-driver that isn't organised, and it all can unravel so quickly. Um, So it's... Co-driver as well, it's a big challenge, Uh, not just for driver, like... Yeah, like, you've got to bring your A-game at every moment. There's not a single point you can... Like, Will and Liam not speaking to each other in Sweden. That's because it took every ounce of every second... To make sure they could get it over the line in the end. And Connor, as, as a co-driver now with a year under your
2: belt, what what piece of advice would you give to somebody, or what piece of what would you like to have been told or known coming into this back in in, in Sweden last year?
7: The more prep you do before you go to the rally, the easier it will will be. The the work you put in at home is always a, a big thing. I think Liam will agree with you on that too. With me and that too, like it's a. It's all the looking through road books, just looking around the area that you're gonna be and stages and roads to the stages and just different things. Like it's just the prep you do before you go there is I'm not jamming it all in the week that you are there. If you do the work before you go, it definitely makes it a whole lot easier. It makes definitely. you makes you more relaxed for yourself and everything.
4: You can like as a co-driver in those rally, you kinda need to know the rally before you get there, before you arrive to the country you kind of have to have it in your mind where you're going and, and what you're doing and, and the layout of the land. And, you know, you need to go through the road book before you get there and see if there's any tricky, like small intervals. There's so much preparation goes in to our job before you get there. Whenever you get there, it, there's a lot of other things that go on that you need to have the headspace to, to work out. So have the preparation of the basics done or of the, you know, the easy stuff on inverted is then you know you, you allow yourself the capability to, to work out everything else. Because a lot happens from whenever you land on the Sunday to whenever you're flying home again on the Monday. There's so much going on. like So if you can do as much before you get there, the better. I
6: think that's too where um, a big shout out has to go to some of the older guys who've been there a lot longer than us too. Because for a driver and a navigator, a lot of us would reach out to people with a lot of experience like a Paul Nagel or a Chris Patterson before we go to an event for the first time. And they'll give you an hour or two of their time and they'll tell you about all the niggly things and stuff that you just wouldn't be able to know about without experience. And, Mm -hmm. you know, they really, really look out for you. And, um, yeah, thanks to them, you know, it really helped uh, me personally this year. And I know Connor was the same. And I've no doubt Will and Liam have, have reached out to people before. But it's things like that that you just experiences everything and um, without that kind of help uh, you'd be you would be lost at times
2: and Eamon you were journaling each of the stages basically as you went you know with notes keeping a notebook um, to look back on is that something you, you did throughout the whole year
6: yeah it's just part of my prep um, I looked at uh, the DVD the rally or WRC plus and um, I just write it description of the stage in words sections break it up into sections and describe the way that the road is it just helps me not really not necessarily remember the stage but remember sections and I always know where I'm at um it's important for the recce and uh and obviously while you're on the stage um you just kind of know the sequence that's coming up and the style of driving it requires and stuff like that so it's just familiarity and as Connor touched on the more relaxed you can be when you're over there and the more reassurance you can give to yourself, the better. Um, if you're nervous or anxious about something and not sure about something, it's going to obviously affect your performance. So yeah, it's all about the groundwork you do at home. It, it makes things a hell of a lot easier.
1: And the, well, from your point of view, like, you know, the preparation's key. Is it like have as much of your ducks and row as possible before you get there? And then like, if things happen, things you know, come out of the blue during the week of the recce and whatever, that
0: you're more able to cope with it then. yeah definitely i think it's also you know it's a big thing in your head that if you if you're able to say to yourself before you get onto the plane okay i've done you know i've reviewed every stage or you've know, gone into whatever amount of detail in each stage that i wanted to do and if you can park that at the side and you know you have it done and you're happy with it in your own head i think that's half the battle um i, I do something similar that eamon was saying um and i hate trying to cram it in, you know, getting close to the event. So it's nice, you know, to have it maybe done a week before you, you leave or a few days before you leave, and then you can just, you know, review everything, Um, you know, have your bags packed, everything just sort of that it's not last minute. So as you say, whenever you're traveling or get to the event, it's just focus on anything that, that comes your way. You don't have to worry about something that should have been done before you left.
5: Next time as drivers, you try and wriggle out of doing PR exercises, for example, because you've got to review onboards.
4: You've just blown that excuse right out the wall. I feel as as if I need to defend the drivers there, Seb. Like whenever you say we'll have a PR exercise at seven, and it's half eight, and it hasn't started yet, you know that hour and a half's kind of vital of a deal. Just saying, if you're going to do a a PR exercise in Italy with an Italian
5: company, Pirelli. Apply a bit of Italian timing to whatever times are suggested.
1: You know, with the likes of here in Ireland, we have like Kelly and Pattersons, and no. Obviously none of that for the the WRC. But is there like like at a new stage? Will they have an car like a car just driving through the stage, or from you go to a new stage? Is it just a complete you know blank page for you?
0: Yeah. I think it's become nearly a norm now for each rally to publish you know uh, organizers videos so it'll just be a gopro or whatever on top of a jeep that they'll be driving through the stage and it's good to get an idea of the lay of the land and the characteristics of the stage but you know sometimes it's a wide angle lens and it's very difficult to you know understand how fast the better road really is but you know it it, it is good to give you an idea of it but i suppose if they've used the stage before then you can use wrc plus and you get a real idea of the speed then or even if you have the, your own onboards um you know and it's it's good to get an idea just trying to break some of the stages up into bits it makes it a wee bit easier on the recce and a bit easier on your own head it's it's very difficult in, in rallies like um you know greece there's a lot of stages a lot of tree cover and a lot of it looks the same climbing you know around the edge of the mountain um but then you get to rallies like portugal and stuff like that that you know there's a lot of characteristics to the stages and you can you can break it up um but yeah, it's, it's funny how your your mind works that you can you know i could remember nearly all of the stages in estonia just being there two or three times um but i couldn't remember what i did yesterday <laughs> um so it yeah de- going back to the same rally definitely helps and you know the more footage you can watch um i guess i mean you watch it on the dvd and then you do it in the recce twice and then you rally it twice so you're over the same bit of road quite a lot. Come the end of the event,
1: and the even you know we often hear about you know the the different road conditions by the time you guys arrive. Is that the does the road almost look completely different, especially on a loose gravel rally, from what the the road that you've wrecked? Do you have to kind of do that from your wrecking almost with <clears the throat> thinking that this will cut up here or whatever, or do you have to just reckon what's in front of you?
6: Um, yeah, you do your best. I think whenever you're on a, a stage on the recce and you see that it's starting to cut up with a bit of ruts, uh, <laughs> you note that down because you know it's going to be twice as bad by the time you arrive on the first pass of the rally. So you just do your best to keep an eye out for, for things like that and anticipate uh, anticipate the, the road wear. But it's not always 100% accurate. You know, Sometimes you could overcompensate, sometimes you miss things. Um, it's all part of the challenge, especially when... The likes of me and Connor going there for the first time. These are the things that you learn and they're the challenges you face. But uh, yeah, you do your best, and it, de- it definitely does change. Some of the ruts and stuff are incredible. Um, you're just it's like driving on uh, driving on train tracks. But uh, look, it's part of the challenge. It's the same for everyone, so you just uh, you just have to do your best.
2: Connor, was there a standout moment in the year? Is there
7: anything you remember particularly from a stage or an event? Yeah, it was probably um in Croatia. We came off, I think it was one of the stages on a Saturday, and um the stop marshal um actually he was filling out my time card and he started to point at the back wheel and he was waving that there was like a fire and I says, no, it's grand they do that. There's just smoke coming off the brakes. But then we pulled on ahead, just out of the stop car to go for helmets, and I just got out and took my helmet off and looked down and just seen flames just coming out of the back wheel of the car, and I was like, "No, we actually do have a fire!" And <laughs> lucky enough, the marshal actually came running down with an extinguisher then, and he gave it a bit of a blast. Like, but the caliper had went up in fire. So, but yeah, that was one of the moments that stood out for me, just that always stuck in my head.
0: Yep, that one quiet.
6: Just yep. to know. Just to know wasn't because i was doing too much
4: breaking before anyone were you not at the stage end capturing that or what happened no we was probably having a hot dog at that point having a break i would say so yeah yeah
2: and liam you know out of the three years what events have you enjoyed the most or what one did you look forward to getting back to each year
4: uh, probably Sweden. I think Sweden is a very rewarding surface to drive on. You know, the drivers can get away with a lot because of the snowbanks. Um, the rally's not sore. It's not sore in the car. It's enjoyable. The, that Swedish rally is very well-organized. I mean, everything in the regs and the roadbook is as per it should be whenever you get there. So, yeah, we look forward to Sweden. Um, I think Estonia was good. was a good place to learn how to go fast. I mean as I've said, look, I've said this a couple of times, we benefited from having Sammy Payari, we benefited from having John Armstrong there, and these these types of drivers brought us on. I remember going to Estonia the first time, and we were, we were very slow compared to everyone else, and by the time, obviously, we went back this year, you know, we, our, our speed had changed a lot. I think the power stage in Estonia this year was was as close to the fastest, I think, William and I have ever been. Um, That was a standout stage, and that stage in Greece were on the Saturday evening over we two seconds of K off Mickelson, And Mickelson was going for... He had to make up time after a puncture, I think. Um, That was as close to being perfect, I think, as we've been, you know, on, on William's side. And I tried my best to keep up with him and I managed to get to the finish line just a couple of seconds before him. So that was good. Yeah, worked out, <laughs> all right. But uh, yeah, Sweden as a rally's brilliant. Estonia, I thought our pace increased over the years. And, you know, that stage in Greece was definitely a standard as well.
1: And, like, well, do you feel you're a different driver than you were three years ago now, starting, you know, starting the championship three years ago to what you are now?
0: Yeah, and I would agree with him with all those, you know, those rallies and those stages. And I think to, you know, the, the thing that made me realise that I could do that or make myself, you know, teach myself that I had to be able to do that was the par stage, or sorry, the, the stage win points. Um, you know, you're in a position, your, your back's against the wall and you have to get the point. Um, And it's so important for the championship. So it just puts you in a position that you have to push flat out. Um, And yeah, I mean, the first year in Estonia, I didn't feel, just didn't feel natural, didn't feel comfortable at all. You know, didn't let the car, you know, slide about and carry a lot of speed. And then even in my own head, going back this year, just it was a completely different feeling. Um, And just... I suppose so much more commitment and and so much so much more enjoyable whenever you have the confidence to do that. Um You know, it uh, it was a really enjoyable event and and as Liam says that that stage in Greece. Um, you know, you hear the drivers always saying about, you know, I, I don't have the rhythm or I don't have the feeling. And after getting into that rhythm, I now know what they mean. And uh, I think that's good because going forward now, you know, I'll be able to recognize if I'm if I'm at that position or how far i'm off that position to to get to that point where you just feel really comfortable with the car and and this you know the the notes are working as well that you can just push flat out and you know exactly you know you just you feel everything and it, it all adds up
1: yeah like you know you say but you know not being in the rhythm but being in the zone or being in the rhythm like it's almost a natural everyone's just a flow then
0: yeah definitely um it's it's quite hard to explain, to be honest. Uh, but, but you know, and, and I think even from a co-driver's cool side, you know, that stage in Greece, we got to the end of the stage and we we're talking to each other and we knew it was just, it was near enough perfect. Um, And it's just getting into that rhythm and, you know, repeat myself, but I only was able to get into that rhythm by having to push to the maximum for a stage win point or to try and get the win in Sweden. I think I think get, try, getting the win in Sweden was the first thing that kicked it off and that really, you know, us in a position um to go forward for the rest of the year and and we knew we could drive at that pace when it was required
1: and like eamon like hearing wall say things like that there this is something that you need to be aspiring to do you feel that you know you're going to hit that groove or have you have you even experienced that yet
6: yeah, no, I can definitely relate to what he's saying. Um, I think I've experienced being in, in that rhythm as such, just at a lower level, you know, when, when I was racing in the likes of the British Championship, um, you know, what it's like to be driving and coming out of a stage and going, yeah, that went near perfect, you know. Um, obviously, then when you go to the WRC, it's just such a new level. So that level of perfect is just taken away up and um, combined with all the new, new things that you're up against, you get glimpses of it here and there but you're always learning. There's always new things coming at you that it can be very difficult to, um, as Seb says, keep a, keep a consistent pace. And uh, that's what you're always chasing. But, you know, coming to the end of the year now, I've been fit to obviously look back at onboards, review things, and like it's a no-brainer. There's so much stuff you do differently, be it within your pace notes, the way you drive, and the fact that going back next year, you know, you, you know what you're up against. You know what you want to do differently going into this year I didn't even know what I was up against so yeah I'd like to think that our pace will uh, will definitely come on um, with, with the right obviously the right amount of work you know I think that's another thing it doesn't naturally just come on you have to put in the work to make that happen and you have to do the reviewing and you have to be very critical of everything that's happened um, in this season so but that that's what we've been doing um, so let's see I'd like to think so and We've gotten glimpses and stages here and there of where we've come out of it and gone, yeah, that's felt really, really good. Um, But we'd like to try and make that more consistent this year or next year. Um, But yeah, Will and Liam have been a great inspiration to us because they've proved that's possible and they've been ridiculously quick this year. Um, And a lot of people probably would, uh, well, I'm not going to say overlook that because it's very clear they've been super fast, but that progress of the three years, you know, I think people don't realise just how much um, effort goes into to bringing yourself on like that. So yeah, it's credit to them, and hopefully we can replicate it in some shape or form.
1: And like I suppose looking forward then to twenty twenty four. Like, is the JWRC the main priority for yourself then, Connor, next year? Uh,
7: yeah. yeah, we're, we're going to concentrate on um, concentrate on it anyway, and try and put our full effort into the JWRC, and then we'll maybe see whatever fits in after that.
1: And the even like you know, you you got a wee taste of you know a couple of events and the, the polo and all that. But like I suppose the like, them Rally Three Fiestas are getting so much quicker now. They're not hugely behind the R five car now at the, state of the
6: Yeah, it's um, I think they're definitely the, the handling. They're so easy to drive, and you can get away with so much. And you can you can really exert a lot out of them. Okay, they don't have the ultimate power and performance of the the Rally 2 car. Um, but still, driven properly, they can really punch in serious times when you look at the likes of uh, John Armstrong or even the likes of Will and Laurent at times, you know, putting in putting in big times. Um, so, yeah, driven properly, like any car, they can, they can be well up there. And that's the good thing about a championship like the JWRC. The pace is that high that, you know, you probably, if you're at the top, you are going to be exerting the most out of the car. So any championship that has a big pace um, and you're exerting the most out of the car, that's a, uh, that's some feeling of you're up, the, up at the sharp end of it. So yeah, look, I think next year for us, it's important just to focus on the rally three car um, and try and get the most out of it, learn it as best as we can. And, um, and just stick to that. And um, yeah, we'll do a few prep events in and out of uh, the JWRC that'll help the, help them rounds and. um yeah like I said just full focus on that Um, it's it's amazing to be to be a part of that championship so we just want to make the most of it next year and try and uh, just do our absolute best
1: sure and well you know the part of your prize as well for one the JWRC was allowing you then to step up to the the rally two category and as as that plan progressing is there anything that we can say yet there's it all still still working to fall into place
0: yeah, well, obviously we've got the we've got the prize from winning the championship four rounds in WRC two, and then two hundred tires from Prelly. So, the plan will be to use use that prize, and um, you know, we'd like to add more to that um if we can. But you know, like everything, you know, the step from Rally three into Rally two and the WRC two, it's um, you know, it's a big step in all areas, competition and and budget as well. So, you know, it will come down to that as well that uh, whether or not we can. We can make that work so been working hard over the last um you know month or two now and um hopefully we'll get somewhere now over the christmas period and into the new year because it'll not be long coming now of the first round in sweden
1: yeah and like is it like will the intention the, the be go back to the, the the events you're familiar with or is there any other events that you would you know really that's on the bucket list to do
0: yeah well i mean for the four that we we know we're gonna have, it makes it, well. I think it was part of the championship. You you go back to the rounds that are in the junior calendar, but you know, regardless, we would go to the rallies that we've um that we've done um for experience because you know doing three years in the JWRC when you go back to the, the same event again, you know it's it's a massive help. So that would be the the aim there. But um, you know, I suppose I, I need to say a thanks to Thamesport Poland. and we've been with them for. For three, three, maybe that time's worth pulling ring in me. Um I
4: know or for... something, William Azure or... <laughs>
0: yeah, <yeah. They're> like, <laughs> okay. somewhere, that's what <laughs> yeah. it is. Yeah, yeah Ren's coming <laughs> you in. You can notice that's why I'm that's why I'm not answering it. Um <laughs> yeah, we've been with them for three years, and you know, particularly in uh pull or in um Greece, whenever our back was up against the wall, they were there, and you know, uh Daniel and, and all the mechanics dug deep and you know, without that effort that they put in there that night and Friday, we we wouldn't have won the championship. We wouldn't have been back out on on Saturday morning. So, you know, that's a massive thanks to them for what they did then. Um, you know, and and over throughout the whole season, it's been it's been so much fun. You know, we've, uh, um, you know, and then all the support from from back home. As the guy said, there was never you know there was always an Irish table in the uh, in the catering uh, at WRC, and it was always good fun. Um, and then, even, you know, the, the WRC put out a thing there this week that we'd been nominated for most improved driver. And I thought, sure, I'll, I'll share this um to see if a few people would vote for me. And I looked at my Facebook yesterday evening and, like, every motor club, uh, you know, every rally page had shared this. And I suppose that just, you know, it showed me the support that we have back home sometimes um you know you forget that and whenever things like that happen it, it makes you realize so a big thank you to everyone there and you know uh i think we definitely we we brought some positive news back to what's been a very difficult year back home
1: sure and liam like, i spoke to Eden harper last week and that's what he was saying walking down through the service area looking like, to see the motorsport ireland academy flags flying like and uh, not had away in the corner like this was at the top table like that filled him with pride. So for you to be part of that, it must be it must be pretty awesome to be front and center of all that as well.
4: Yeah, just to go back on what William said there as well. You know the support we have from people at home on days and and the hard hard days, and you get a text message from somebody at home like it, it really helps. So you know we do really appreciate that. Um, and also about M Sport Poland, like. Without Daniel and Michaele and Maciek and, and everyone, you know, you could go on and name all these people. They are so committed to keeping those cars going. Uh, they don't really get enough credit, I think. And even in Greece, the change didn't change your gearbox, aiming in like 12 minutes or something.
6: Yeah, so we had 15 minutes to change full gearbox change and they did it
4: in 14 minutes and 50 seconds or something. So it's, it's, a, it's a it's a proper outfit. No, we'll be sad to, to move on from them in a way too, you know, because we've built up a great relationship from them. Um, I think they're delighted that Seb's moving on but anyway we'll come back to that <laughs> <laughs> Look, in, in terms of the Irish thing in WRC the, there's never been a better time to be Irish in the WRC the support from the academy the support from MI you know the, the structure that's in place now you know everybody on this is benefiting from efforts of other people do you know what I mean so yeah, the walk around the service park and to see, you know, the the flags flying and, and on the stages they're all waving at you and, and, and waving the flag up and down. It's it's surreal sometimes, you know, especially, you know, we had Monte Carlo there to the start of the year with Josh and I think that's what Aidan was talking about. Um, you know, we're in a real purple patch here and, and hopefully we'll we'll capitalize on that, you know, trying to get the WRC back in twenty five.
1: Yeah. I think even you know, that would be like you know, the ultimate goal, you know, WRC Ireland back here in twenty twenty five, a three year plan in place. Like you talk about, you know, boyhood dream come true. I would say that would be on your bucket list by then.
6: Oh, stop. It would be unbelievable um to bring that circus over to you know to roads that you know and let alone fantastic stages, which I hope which I hope we use. Um
4: Ranch which- Ross is even
6: no. <laughs> no, because I tend to crash when it comes up around there, so <laughs> get
4: away from the crosses.
6: <laughs> um, so, uh I think we've got so much to show and so much to shout about and be proud of. Um, so that's why it's exciting. I think that you know we can take the WRC here, showcase the stages, showcase the uh, scenery, the towns, the people. You know, it's a no-brainer. People will love it. I've no doubt. Uh, I hope if you know if we use the right stages the drivers will love it which is extremely important because they're the uh, they're the main event they have to love it um but well, I've no doubt you know people will finally understand what we always rave on about and what the likes of Craig Breen used to rave on about um that's why it's exciting so yeah and then there's obviously the element of potentially getting to do the rally which is another thing um that would be special uh, I don't it's one of them things because it hasn't happened I, I don't know how it would feel. I remember going back to watch Rally Ireland in uh, 07 and 09, and that was pretty special, standing on the ditches. And, yeah, I suppose as a young lad, you'd look at that and say, geez, I'd love to be lining up there. I'd love to be part of that. So the fact that that actually is potentially um, on the cusp of happening, it is pretty mad. So it does sound like a dream, but I hope and i have no doubt that MI um, um, are doing everything they can to make it uh, make it happen.
2: And Seb, um, obviously the JWRC, it, it's, you know, it's that first rung of the ladder to, to you know, bring on the next level of drivers and co-drivers, et cetera. Like there's limited places available in the team, works teams, but do the teams pay, you know, do they, do they notice the, the JWRC guys? Do
5: they pay attention to what's happening? Yeah. um, Like Gary Martin knows, knows the names of the drivers. Like where were we last year or the year before? Um, I bumped into him in the service park, and Sammy had rolled. Wait, he'd rolled like five minutes before. I don't remember in Croatia. Basically, he rolled over a crest and carried on. And we thought he was out. We thought he'd gone to the end and, and retired. And then Yari Mati came up, was just like, and he's just like, "Oh, do you think they'll fix Sammy's car?" I was like, "What do you mean?" He's just like, "Oh, well, he's driving back." So, and I know. I know from working very closely with Rich keeps an eye on it. Um, I guess William is now speaking with uh Richard a lot. And Cyril I know is also aware of juniors. Like at the end of the day, these guys are looking for the guys to be in a WRC team in about three to five years. And I think we're seeing it with some drivers now, but not even um the team principals, like the drivers as well. I don't think it's a secret that Oit supports Robert a lot and um, there's drivers that actually take other drivers under the wing. Craig was famous for it. Craig supported, I think, everyone in here, John as well, even though John was Northern Ireland. Like, it's everyone's got their eye on juniors because a lot of the drivers have been there. Like, Elvin came through there, Tieri, Danny, Craig obviously was through there, uh, Seb Ozier. Like, th- there's a very big, extended junior WRC family that Yari Matty. He had a terrible year when he did it in 2004 um there's so many ex uh junior wrc members now that i've all got fond memories of it i'm well i'm now an ex-junior wrc member to a degree and i'll forever keep my eye on it and keep watching and keep supporting and everything because it's it's the best rally championship in the world i'll never change
0: my mind on that uh
1: well has it still sunk in that you're wrc champion yeah, I, I,
0: I guess it, it has sunk in, but um, it's you know it's such an intense year, uh, a lot riding on it. But then now to look back and everything, all the memories, you know, all the funny times. It's you know you could you could literally write a book. It's been it's been so much fun, and we've been lucky to do three years of it. So, um, you know we've come a long way from where we started, and and fingers crossed now going into next year that we can we can keep that line progression. It's you know going from such a high now and then you go into you know wrc2 it's going to be so competitive that um we got to get back to that sort of mentality that we come into the start of the juniors with and determined to work and try and improve to to get in the pace of these top guys
1: but you have to feel that you're getting there on a, a good place yeah
0: definitely i mean like i said you know we've we've learned so much from you know driving then to the pace notes and it's you know constantly evolving and you're always trying to improve. But um, you know we're in a really good position now to to step in. Um, you know I think we've served our time and um, yeah, really excited now to to move into the next level and and, and try and do something there.
2: Yeah, I was just gonna say, the Liam, you know, equally, you know, championship co-driver. Um, you know, from from your perspective, like it's that's a heck of a partnership you had you have with William. Um, and it's great to see it continuing. Yeah, whenever you say had there, I thought
4: maybe there's an exclusive here. <laughs> in the, in the moment,
2: but... No, purely pure a slip of the tongue on my part. Oh,
4: I I know know. <laughs>
1: um,
4: oh, look, it's been great. You know, we've been competing together for a long time. Um, we've been through lows, we've been through obviously a lot of highs there lately. And yeah, it's, it's just great to be able to continue that into 2024 um you know our journey through the juniors we were we really started at the bottom like I remember coming into the first service in Croatia and that was during COVID so there's no spectators and we came into the first service and and William's dad now sort of took me to the side and was like what's wrong you're a minute and a half down after three stages well there was nothing wrong we we're just in the WRC do you know what I mean so to go from that to what happened in Greece has been such a journey um, we've met so many good people, you know. It's the people that make this sport too. Like, okay, it's, the competition's great and all that, but see, to have the crack that we have a bit like on on this, you know, that, that's something special as well that you, you get access to doing this um, doing this sport. So, no, we, we've had a great time in the juniors and, you know, we're looking to push on in WRC too then as well. I, I had to... I can't remember what it was for. I was
0: writing something or doing something after Greece and I was on the EWRC and I think we've done if you include the Junior 1,000 Rally, I think we was on 97 events together, which I was frightened to tell him to add that, but um, it's, uh, yeah, I don't think there's, you know, I think to get a partnership like that, you probably have to go quite high into the, the WRC. So, you know, there's obviously, there's obviously something that works very well there.
2: And then Eamon, you know, win under your belt in JWRC in your first year at it, you know, that must give you a huge, lift of confidence get into to year two
6: yeah oh definitely i I suppose it takes the pressure off trying to get a first win as such um it wasn't a win that i achieved in the way i'd like to achieve it but you know i still want to try and push on and be fast and win by being the fastest uh but it definitely takes the pressure off you know wanting a win because we've experienced what that's like and it's incredible um, but now I can just fully focus on trying to be as fast as I can and, and get stage wins and stuff like that. That's the, that's the next barrier that we want to try and break. Um, but yeah, full focus on that. Um, everything we've experienced this year has been absolutely incredible, more than we could have imagined. So yeah, it, just, it makes me super excited for the next year. Um, it's, it's such an incredible championship. It's very hard to describe, to people at home, what it's really like. Um, but you pick up some experiences and some memories. So no matter what happens, it's um, you're you're very very lucky to be involved. But uh, yeah, like I said, next year um, no matter what happens, it'll be it'll be a blast. I hope.
2: And Connor, third place co-driver in the JWRC in your first year. You know what's your thoughts getting into
7: twenty four? Yeah, I'm really looking forward to getting going in Sweden. Anyway, um, I didn't actually expect. I didn't even realize that I had got third until. Uh, it was John Kleiner said it to me going up to the final control and didn't even realise it. But, um, yeah, no, it was great. See, and... It wasn't John. I was driving and then I said it. And John was just like, what? I was
5: just like, yeah, they explained it to him. <laughs> And I told John, was just like, oh, interesting. And he got his phone out.
4: I'm claiming that yeah. one. OK, right. <laughs> Sorry, told me then. <laughs> That was me. You're on the ball. Sam. good, man. Not, uh, obviously,
0: Adam told you that, then, Seb.
5: <laughs> <Bailey> told me. <laughs> Seb,
6: obviously, you weren't going to tell Connor, John. It's tell Connor, so it was nice. To-
0: <laughs>
5: Sorry, it was John. John, you all along. John was rooting for you from the beginning.
0: Thanks, Seb. I think I think you speaking about John there. The stress that we put him through as well on on the Sunday of Greece. I know speak to them after i think they're sitting in the catering with the uh with the laptop open because it was so difficult that after each stage obviously depending who got the stage win point championship position changed and then if uh, i think it was hamza that he then retired maybe that was on saturday but you know someone then went out of the rally then everybody moved up a position and the points gap changed so it was literally changed and stage by stage so it was (laughs) it was Quite difficult whenever the overall championship position was so close. So John was feeding all the information back into Liam and I, and then we knew what we had to do in the next stage. So it was, uh yeah, it was it was such a long event, but uh, stressful for everybody. At least Liam and I in the car, we could just we could just focus on what we could do, whereas everybody back in in service was trying to do it all for us. I think John, John had this
6: Excel sheet, and I think if he had to change it or input anything else into it, it was going to blow up.
4: <laughs>
6: that was the kind of scenario that it was
4: i, think, I William, think william's mom gave some good advice there they were heading up to the stage end which we never actually got to because the stage was cancelled but i was del- honestly i was delighted that everybody was kind of going up there because it meant we could sort of focus on on the, the last stage the power stage in greece and uh, i'll let you explain William, what what sound advice your mother gave you well my i
0: get my competitive side from my mum. she rode for ireland in the olympics um a few years ago uh, and um, yeah anyway she she came up to me before we went out to the last stage and I think everyone came up and sort of shook my hand and you know as if I wasn't already nervous enough um, and they all said you know good luck and do your best and she came up and she gave me a hug and she said uh, there's it. no don't fuck it up <laughs> <laughs> so uh, <laughs> um, and sound, sound advice it was too <laughs>
1: And I suppose the very last word should go to John Cohen. Like, Eamon, this man made it all happen, you know, you know. maybe eventually another year or so. You said your plan this year really was the BRC until you won the Billy Coleman Award that elevated you to the, the JWRC. John Cohen has been a, a game changer when it comes to you, shall you?
6: Yeah, definitely. Um, it was never my intention to go to the junior WRC. Um, in my plan it was, but I, i kind of gone about it, an adverse way of trying to build up four wheel drive experience first and get fast and then go there and be this big hero in three years. But, uh, no, he, he, he kind of just said, look, you need to go now because you're getting old basically. <laughs> no, he was, and he was dead. Right. Um, and if it wasn't for that advice, I wouldn't have gone and I wouldn't have had one of the best years, um, in, in rallying and in my own life, uh, as I did this year. So, I have to thank uh, him and the whole academy team for that and, and just the general advice that you're fit to to get from them um throughout the year and you can always rely on them to you know to jump on a call and get feedback on, on your plans and the way you're going about things um they've obviously built up a massive amount of experience with the work they've done with josh over the past few years and callum divine even previously so you know they're experienced and that experience benefits the likes of me, William, and future guys coming through the ranks. So we're very, very lucky. Um, you can really rely on them, and yeah, we uh, were. I suppose that the academy is a bit of a force to be reckoned with on the on the world stage. Now they've um, they've gotten a lot of good publicity this year, and uh, it's fully deserved.
1: Yeah, and well, last word to yourself then. Like, MA academy? Like, as Eamon said, they're world changing. You've been from that there to the extent that you're now a world champion it's like what can we say that hasn't already been sitting
0: at the M A academy i know it um you know we started right at the bottom in the junior in thousands then you know r2 rally four rally three and, and now hopefully rally two so you know it's the pathway is there and it's clear for the guys coming behind me now to see the guys and the girls so um you know and it's simple as i, I wouldn't have been doing the, the junior wrc if it wasn't uh, for the support of the academy throughout the last three years and their advice and all the training days and, you know the, you know for for John there in, in the background and you know the how keen he is for it and uh how involved he is it's it's great and you know there's a there's a clear goal here and we're trying to get to the top and and we're not stopping now so fingers crossed we can we can keep pushing forward and progressing.
1: What can we say? <laughs> i was still laughing and giggling at it yet. Some of the stories, uh, brilliant, great crack, and you know, really looking forward to seeing how it all pans out in twenty twenty four. Like, I you know, I know probably like uh, Will and Liam are kind of playing down their chances of in twenty twenty four, but I can see him shining when he gets into that rally two car. You know, I think watch well, this space. You know. But, and also, you uh, haven't gone back to the JWRC as well too. Uh, hopefully, fingers crossed there that that's a successful campaign there too. Don't want to put too much pressure on them, but, you know, best of luck, lads, anyway, in 2024. So that's that special. hope you've enjoyed it as much as we did recording it. So until the next time, take care, speak soon, and bye. <laughs>